This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Russell Brunson and Todd, who works with them at ClickFunnels. And over the past 10 years, Russell's built a following of over a million entrepreneurs, sold hundreds of thousands of copies of his books, popularized the concept of sales funnels, and co-founded a software company called ClickFunnels that helps tens of thousands of entrepreneurs quickly get their message out to the marketplace. Russell, Todd, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. All right. So, Russell, kick us off here. For the folks that have not heard about ClickFunnels, what do you do and what's your business model? How do you make money? Yeah. So, uh, Todd is my co-founder in ClickFunnels. He's the genius and the brains that actually built it. And I'm the guy who gets to talk about it all day long. And um, basically, it's software that helps people build their online sales funnels. We're at almost 55,000 active members right now. pay anywhere from $100 to $300 a month. And uh, that's kind of what we do. You said $100 to $300 a month? Yep. That's great. And and so Todd, quick question here. This is right off the bat. There are a lot of uh, guys out there uh, that are like very, very, very mini versions of Russell. They're the business guy with like an idea. And they're like, I just can't convince a technical person to build this thing. It's going to be a billion dollar business. I can't convince the technical guy. What did Russell do to make you go, okay, I'm going to ride this guy. I'm going all in. Uh, well, I've been doing marketing stuff for a while, so doing some uh, online tools and whatnot. And I met Russell years ago and just immediately was like, he was looking for a partner on a project and immediately jumped in and was super excited to work with him. He was obviously a very genuine person and someone that really knew what he was talking about when it came to the marketing side. And uh, he I effectively worked for him for free for a year and ended up just deciding to uh, dive all in and um, build what we could and make a difference in the world. So, And, and Russell, when you when you first created this, I, ma- I did this come from your own problem? You built it for yourself, I imagine? Yeah, in fact, um, the year the time that Todd was working for free for me, he was building like site after site after site, and then one day he lives in Atlanta. I live in Boise. He was he'd flown out for the week, and uh, was he, I, he was probably tired of me like having him do so much stuff. He's like, we should just build software that does this whole thing. I'm like, dude, everyone has tried that. Like, it's not a unique idea. It's just not possible. And he's like, I think we could do it. So we sat in front of a whiteboard for an entire week and mapped out like what we wanted ClickFunnels to be. And it was cool because. Todd's like, no, we can't do that. But yes, we could do that. We could do that. We could do that. And then he was bringing his own ideas in and then he went back home and, and built it. So, and it, and obviously he did an amazing job. And that's fast forward. So first off, when was launch year? Let's see, we're, we've been alive just over three years. What was that? So 2015. Yeah. And bootstrapped or if you guys raised capital? Um, completely bootstrapped. Russell, you get a total high off of seeing the email in your inbox of, you know, you know, New York based VC interested in a chat and you just must love either clicking delete immediately or writing back and saying, we don't need the money. <laughs> I always forward them to Dave actually. I'm like, yeah, Dave, talk to these guys. It's been <laughs> fun because like everyone grows businesses based on that. And it's like when we started, we didn't have anyone who wanted to give us money. And then we were profitable from day one. We've become extremely profitable since then. And it's just, you know, it's fun because like we use our software to sell our software and because of that it's profitable and it's, um, yeah, we've never had to, to look that direction. It's always fun hearing though what they, 
entertaining just to find out what what they think we're worth and all that kind of stuff. Which yeah, is kind of fun. No, it isn't. It is interesting. So so about this would have been the last time we came on the show would have been about 18 months ago when you shared at that point, you were at about 10,000 customers paying an average revenue per month of about 120 bucks. So you were about, you know, over 1.2 million bucks in MRR and obviously well over 14 million bucks in ARR. I think what you just shared with me is you've, you've basically five X that at least in terms of customer count, right up to 55,000 that's paying, right? Yep. Okay. 55,000. You got the numbers there, don't you? Yep. Or 54,000. 54,000. And so Todd, that, that comes out to what about 5.5 million bucks per month. And then obviously we can multiply 12 to get about, you know, six, what is that? 60 million annually. Right at it. And that doesn't include a lot of the one-off sales. We do a lot of coaching programs and whatnot on the back end as well. But when it comes to just directly from the software, yeah. Russell, tell me how you manage the one-off stuff. So most people that are doing SaaS, they obviously notice 87, 89% gross margin. It's sexy. There's no refund rates, right? On one-time big sales. Why even do the one-time stuff? Um, honestly, the biggest reason is it keeps me sharp and helps me understand what our customers want. Like with that many customers, we can't serve them all. So we have really high end coaching programs and bring the top level students in. And, uh, I have a chance to work on them one-on-one daily and I get to understand their frustrations, their problems, things are good. What, like what's happening, like all innovations, like we're always on the cutting edge of all marketing and sales because we've got a hundred entrepreneurs working like one-on-one with me. And so I'm able to see like, oh wow, in the dental industry, this is what's happening. And in this industry, this is what's happening in supplements, this is what's happening. And we're able to keep the software three or four steps ahead of whatever else is doing because of that. So it gives us a really, like, it's just a really neat insight that we get that I don't think anybody else typically gets with their, with their customer base. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, usually people pay to do research. You're getting paid to do research is how you look at it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. All right. And what's your team size look like today? How, how big? We are about 130 employees right now. Okay. And break that down for me. So how many folks are servicing, servicing those one times versus on Todd's team doing engineering? What's the engineer team right now, Todd? How many? We're only about 15 guys on the engineering team. Um, we have a huge support team at this point. Um, probably about, about 80 100. people. About Todd, 80 why, do you, yeah. why do you hedge that when I ask that question and you say we're only 15? Uh, I just, I, I think that we are really lean and efficient when it comes to the engineering side of things. We are very focused on what we know we do well and the things that we don't, we set aside and integrate with third parties to do it. Um, and I think that's been a very intentional thing from the start. If we look at our competitors in the space of even software companies that do 20% of what we do, they've got less customers and teams that are four times the size. And I think that they're trying to micromanage and do every single thing. Whereas we, uh, focus on what we do well, basically. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The average revenue per employee across all the, about a thousand B2B SaaS CEOs I've interviewed is about 137,000 bucks annually. You guys are obviously significantly above that if you divide the 130 into 60 million. So that's look, the best company is one with very little expenses and a lot of revenue, right? And so if keep headcount low, it works. Um, Take me into some of the other economics people look at in this kind of uh, kind of small business to mid-market SaaS company. So churn is obviously critical. Russell, I went through before this and my research team go through your cancellation process, which is so strategically done. I encourage people to sign up for ClickFunnels just to cancel it real quick <laughs> and reverse engineer Russell's cancellation funnel. It's really well done. But Russell, what have you been able to minimize churn to? Um, you know, it's interesting because, uh, that reverse, like the cancellation funnels one Todd's I did is like, we do funnels to get customers. How do we get funnels to like keep them at the end? And one day we talked about it for months and one day he got upset and just threw it together himself and we saw the churn just drop dramatically. So, um, our churn numbers are probably a little different than some people's just because we do have, um, a free trial where, where we take credit cards. So we're super aggressive on the front end. Um, and so, uh, if I don't know the exact numbers, do you have the exact numbers taught about? Yeah, our overall churn is about 10%, which is, I know that sounds high. Um, That's but monthly actually, logo or annual logo? Monthly. Monthly logo. Um, 
and we see the bulk of all that churn happening within the first two months. And I, it's primarily because of what Russell's saying. We bring people in on free trials, um, whereas most of the customers from some of the competitors would be doing, you know, they'd be opting people in as opposed to actually taking a credit card on the front end. And then only the people that are serious and actually using the product sending up into paying customers. Whereas uh, on the marketing side, we're very aggressive and try and help people from day one to jump on board and do that, uh, which is why we've also focused a lot on um, on onboarding and offboarding and that kind of stuff. Uh, then we see much, much lower churn a year out. Like if you look at our cohort analysis and whatnot, uh, from about a year on, we have almost no churn. So once customers are actually using us and actually having success with us, it ends up being very low. But upfront, that's the initial part that we've been focusing on and working really hard on. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay. At nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, Look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay, I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14 day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's given us a 45 day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever. So go get it now. Nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. You gave me past a year and you gave me less than two months, but give me the middle part. So after someone sticks with you for two months, what's churn drop from 10 down to what about? About 4%. Okay. So yeah, so that's obviously significantly more healthy. Um, the the w- second question here, because you guys do a lot, obviously with onboarding, what's the, you know, Facebook was famous for saying, we know we've got to get users to add seven friends in 10 days if they're going to be sticky, right? I I imagine based off how data driven you guys are, you're, you're fucking crazy. You probably know what you have to get users to do in the first X amount of time to make them sticky. What is that thing? <laughs> There's a bunch of cool stuff. It's been fun. The whole game we have now is like, can we find out those things? And then we add them in. So uh, one of them, we found out if they set up a custom domain, like their likelihood of, I don't know exact numbers, it drops dramatically. So now when you go through our onboarding process, first thing we do is we actually, we, we set the first domain for them and we actually pay the bill for that. As soon as they have a domain, they're, they're, they're going to stick. If they integrate an SMTP, uh, like an autoresponder into it, then they stick. Um, I'll show you the other, the other big ones, Todd. Yeah, I mean, those are two of the main things. We've actually been working on building out a um, what we're calling show me how. It's kind of a walkthrough process where Russell comes in and he actually takes people through from I mean, <laughs> Russell pops up on a video and gives you here's your first three. Russell, steps you to like get popping set, up but... on videos, don't you? You love those <laughs> <Yeah>. things. <laughs> Todd, in the early days, did you go, what is Russell doing? I just want to code. <laughs> people don't need to see him popping up in the middle of my beautiful onboarding process. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Definitely. <laughs> it works. A little bit, it works. The results show, show for themselves. It's so. crazy because like we found little things like even just getting people to consume the software was a big one. One of the biggest things we did initially in Jukiri's churn is when someone came on and was like, hey, here's the 13-minute demo video showing how to use the software. If you watch it, we'll send you a free t-shirt. And that alone dropped churn by like just a huge dramatic uh, decrease. So anything we can do just to get them to like actually use the software and plug in things and try little things like that are just it, those yeah. are the keys. Yeah, well, Russell, 
I know both of you guys touched, or at least in your past, you've touched kind of the info product space. And you know, I mean, I know many big kind of folks that sell these online courses. They never talk about, you know, they say launch was 10 million. They never talk <laughs> about affiliate fees where, you know, 60% of that. So drop up to four immediately. Oh, and then by the way, they had a 60% refund rate over the first 60 months, right? Like, so you're, you're drop, keeping that, that churn low is obviously so critical and so healthy in assessments. This last question here on onboarding I have for you guys, what's something you guys thought was really important. You might have built your early prototypes to get them to do X activity. And you learned after some cohort analysis that actually wasn't important for people to stick. Hmm. Any top of your mind, Jabba Todd? I can't even think of anything on top of my mind. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Nothing off the top right now. No um, experiments you ran where you're like, wow, okay, I thought that was going to do way different than what it did. There's definitely been like front end conversion funnel type stuff that we've, that we've done and we thought it was going to be successful and wasn't. Um, but, Name one. Um, <laughs> Good question. <laughs> you just know what's <laughs> happened. I know. I'm trying to think off the top right now. Yeah. It's okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Let me, let me ask a different question about testing. You know, you know, I'll use Facebook again. You know, they've been very public. They, they're running, you know, over a billion tests almost monthly, right? It's incredible. How have you guys built up the system for launching and running new tests? What sample size do you want to have go through every test before you say, yes, that's the clear winner. Let's stick it and create a new B version. The game's kind of fun. So what happens is I, at least on the front end sales side, I build like the best thing I can dream of based on all my experience. And I try to make it as good as I can. And then Todd will come in and then try to beat me. In fact, we wrote a whole book that's just showing all of our split tests where I'd make my best thing. And Todd would just go in there and whack away at it until he beat me. And, um, and so that's kind of the process is I do my best, like the best thing I can dream of. And then Todd tries to beat it and he usually does eventually most of the time <laughs> that, that's a good that's a good process Keep that, trying until like do right that works <laughs> talk to me russell about acquisition so so customer acquisition cost what's that at for you guys currently so it depends this has been like my favorite thing is we talk to the vcs they don't understand this we have like our, our front end funnel right where it's like people come to clickfunnels.com they sign up and our acquisition cost depending on ads i mean it changes on every ad source every so many things but on the low end we're looking at 35 40 bucks to acquire a customer high and about 120 dollars to acquire a customer but then if you look at our, that, that's like just such a small piece of our strategy. Um, the bigger piece is like our front end funnels. So for example, like my books, right? Like we have like my book that teaches people about funnels and then they come in and that funnel is profitable up front. So we'll spend anywhere from 10 to 12 bucks on Facebook to acquire a book customer, but we'll make 30 to $35 to the book funnel. So we actually are profitable up front. And then we introduce that person to click funnel. So most of the, like I would say probably, I don't know, 40% of the traffic that comes to our to click funnels is somebody who already bought something and we were profitable up front and then we introduced them. So there's no, I mean, there's no cost at all on those people. And then we have in all of the really cool, like growth hacking stuff Todd's built in where it's like on the bottom click funnels pages, there's a little, little button say powered by click funnels. We get tons and tons and tons, like insane amounts of people that come off of, uh, off of those every single day as well. So, do you know what percentage um, of new customers every month come from the, the branding? I know that at this point, over a million dollars a month comes in just from that badge. In new ARR? Not new ARR, but built up ARR. Uh, monthly recurring revenue. So That's MR, amazing. Sorry. So, so this is a tricky question, and it's obviously, it sounds like actually it might not even be relevant, but do you guys measure payback period, like like time to recover cash? I, not really. Our all-in costs to acquire customers about $130 at this point. Uh, but like Russell said, we don't really even look at it that way because that that upfront media spend that last month was about 130. So that upfront media spend that was really paid back to us immediately through these front end one time products that are being sold. So we're acquiring the ClickFunnels customers, but really the upfront net is effectively zero. Is the conversation when you do have them with VCs when they ask the lifetime value gotcha question? <laughs> how do you handle that, Russell? I, I, 
I you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was looking like, wait, what? Yeah. And I explained it again. Like, I don't get it. And I explained like three or four times. And I had one guy, he's like, if that's true, that'll change businesses. We know forever. I'm like, that's the whole story of click funnels. Like we're trying to show you the business can and should change forever. Like it's, it's, so it's how do crazy. you, how do you so, answer it when they say what's lifetime value, Russell? Uh, blockchain value customer. Um, we have the data numbers. Uh, I just tell them it's, <laughs> I'm the marketing guy. Sometimes good the numbers. So I just kind of tell them like, it's hard to, it's hard to explain that because just because there's, there's all that stuff. And if you look at like the way that we build our businesses, there's the front end products, bring people in, there's click funnels in the middle and there's the back end stuff. So it's like between the entire front end back end funnel, like it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. I wanted to <laughs> see you kind of think through that a little, cause I imagine it's tough for you. You're thinking if we just get the relationship with these guys, we're going to build valuable things from the rest of their life. Their lifetime value is infinite. Now, if you say that to a VC, they're going to, oh, you're full of shit. Right. But you, you actually, <laughs> have executed that and you believe it. Yeah. Like you, you, you really believe that. So, so let's, let's go down that path for a second. Let's say you get the customer. They're going to be with you for a long time and you actually lifetime value could be huge, a lot of money. How do you decide how to aggressive to be with cat? Cause usually the person that can spend the most to get a customer is the one that gets that customer. So why not be more aggressive on CAC? Um, you know, when all said and done, it's because, you know, Todd and I are the co-founders of the business. Like all the money that we make, we get to put in our pocket and so it's like, we're, we're not answering to a board of directors. Like we're, we're answering to like how much money do we want to pull out of the company each month? And I don't know about you, but I love having huge checks every single month that are insane. And so it's like, I can dump more to acquire customers or I can just take more of the profit off the top. And so it's like, we're not trying to get bought out. We're not trying to get VC. Like we're, we're, we're trying to run a business as profitable for us as owners, which I had a finance teacher in college who told me the only purpose of a business is to make the owners rich. And so like, I kind of believe that, like if you do that, then it, then it creates jobs, it creates all these other things. But for for me, that's kind of my point of view. I don't know if you're. Let me let me let me ask let me ask one last question around that. Then we'll wrap up, guys, because we just ran out of time here. But Russell, so you're like entrepreneurs, like, and I've had many entrepreneurs on, ranging from guys just starting to ones about to go public with 130 million bucks in ARR. The question of how much money does the founder pull out, especially if they're bootstrapped, is always tough because usually the ATM in their life printing the most money is the business. Like if they took money out, they wouldn't know where else to go put it. The S and P is only going to give them 8%, you know, you know, you know, cryptocurrency is volatile, like real estate's <laughs> too expensive, like right. Foreign markets don't get them what they want. So they, they just put it back in the company. So what do you do with money if you take it out? <laughs> so, uh, it's, yeah, so, um, it's kind of funny. So I, Todd's got me into cryptocurrencies. Todd's a genius now. So I guess I'm there, but for me, it's like, I'm like, I'm in this business for lifestyle, right? Like we literally, like I have a side yard that's two acres big. Um, this summer we put in nine underground trampolines, an entire AstroTurf football field, a, uh, a volleyball court, basketball court, baseball field, and a track that wraps the whole thing. So I can play with my kids every single night. And the whole thing's out lights and stuff all night long. Like that's where I'm investing my money is in my family and my kids. Like the business is growing by itself. And th- there comes a point where it's like, I can keep reinvesting that. Or I can reinvest in like the reason why most of us got into business, which was to get time freedom and get time with our family and things like that. And so like, that's where I'm investing. My money is in, is in my family and in, you know, paying off my things, getting everything stable. So if anything, you know, if, if a scary day comes, like things are all paid off. Now I'm like buying some Bitcoins. That's kind of funny. Um, Todd's much more of a better investor than me. So he, he could probably answer that a lot more intelligently than what I do. <laughs> Todd, give me a quick answer. So my, my quick answer, I guess, is that I view the business as our, ours, our uh, green fund, right? Like that's what we're going to do under best case scenario. And when it comes to investing and pulling money out, that's more of an insurance policy kind of thing. So any investments that we make in that is uh, hedges on the economy, hedges on uh, business, that kind of stuff. So essentially like 
like Russell said, it's based on spending time with family and uh, creating time for your life and helping the charities that we care about and that kind of stuff as well. So makes yeah. makes a lot of sense, guys. Let's wrap up here with the famous uh, famous five. Todd, first one's for you. What's your favorite business book besides one of your guys's? Ooh, um, let's see the new uh, Think and Grow Rich, I'd say a classic. Number two, Russell, this one's for you. Is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Yeah, uh, Salesforce's founder. So I guess not CEO, but uh, Mark Benioff and reading his books and going deep with all his stuff right now. If he comes to you and writes you a billion dollar check to acquire ClickFunnels, do you guys take it? It's funny, last week at Salesforce, we on stage, our uh, CTO asked uh, asked uh, Mark Cuban that, what would it take to get Salesforce to write a check for a billion dollars? So that would probably be the number that we'd start, we'd start being interested at. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let's go to three. Todd, is there a favorite online tool you have besides ClickFunnels? Um, intercom. We love intercom actually. Yeah. All right. And Russell, these last ones will be for you. Uh, the first one here, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Six ish. That's pretty good. And what's your situation? Uh, you mentioned kids. So married and how many kids? I got five kids and they're five. Amazing. No wonder you have five trampolines. All right. So five, five kids. And how old are you, Russell? Uh, 37, 37. <laughs> last question. Take us back 17 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? I wish I would have known Todd Dickerson back then. That would have made my life so much easier for the first decade of my business. There you guys. <laughs> I think I would have spent more time trying to find co-founders as opposed to like just hiring a team. For yeah. Sure. There you guys have it. Russell wishes he would have, again, started building a team earlier on, finding co-founders like he's done with Todd. They have built something truly special together. Founded just three years ago. Now over 130 people have over 54,000 paying customers. That's not like a user number where only like 2% of the people pay. Those are paying customers paying about 100, and, 100 to 140 bucks a month, doing almost 60 million bucks in ARR, almost 5Xing over the past 18 months, super healthy growth. Russell, Todd, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks for having us, man.